Nothing like a bit of David Bowie on a sunny and very hot Thursday morning here in Stellenbosch, South Africa, RSA. And being a mentioner of the word Stellenbosch, it's um, worth remembering that this year, 2021, is an auspicious year in the sense that we are celebrating 50 years it was established here in Stellenbosch and it had tiny beginnings small beginnings with around um, I think it was 13 wine farms initially forming the route in 2021 sorry forming the route in 1971 and today got um, just over a hundred um, members of the wine route despite the fact that some or many of the wineries wish not to be members but still well over a hundred members making it the biggest wine route in South Africa and um, the most well-known how did it start well in 19 69, France Milan, the late France Milan, was in Burgundy along with Neil Joubert, um, the owner of Speer. So you had France Milan from Simonsich and Neil Joubert from Speer, two icons of the South African wine industry. And they were moseying around Burgundy, as one does, um, taking in the wines, the countryside, obviously learning Stealing with their eyes, as Franz Milan used to admit, stealing with their eyes about winemaking techniques and vineyard cultivation and so forth. And um, the two gents happened to see there was a, a wine route in, I think it was in San Moray, that region. Well, not a, anybody's been to Burgundy, doesn't, well, we know it does not have a huge um, established commercial wine route as such. But um, in those days, um, France saw a couple of wineries offering tastings and so forth. And um, him and Neil Joubert, back in 1969, said, well, listen, why don't, we, why don't we start something like that in our beloved Stellenbosch? So they came back to, to RSA, Stellenbosch, and chatted with their old mate Spatz Sperling from Delheim. And um, Spatz immediately looked at um, their proposal and, and said, yeah, a wine route will be a great idea because not only will it offer visitors to the the wine region the opportunity of visiting the wineries, buying wine and tasting wine with the obvious commercial benefits to participants in the wine route, but it will also help to establish a greater wine culture in South Africa. Um, by opening up the wineries' doors, um, offering hospitality, allowing visitors sort of a behind-the-scenes look at how things are done in wineries. They, um, the gentleman thought, well, quite correctly, that this will lead to wine consumers seeing the, the product of the grape in a new light, and um, quite rightly so. And um, so the idea started of formulating a Stellenbosch wine route. It was easier said than done. First of all, Spatz was seconded to go and get interest from members 
to establish this route. And um, he first <laughs> he first sent out a letter to all the the the, the private sellers in Stellenbosch in 1969. That would have been uh, 15 15 private wineries, but sent out letter to all of them, telling them about the wine route him and Neil Jubara and Franz Milan were forming, and inquiring as to whether these private sellers would support the establishing of such a route and would like to become members. He didn't get one reply. Spatz didn't get one single reply. Um, and then he was quite sort of disturbed about this. He took it upon me personally. Why did nobody get back to me? All my buddies, I wrote to them and I put forward this proposal and um, nada, no response. He told this to Franz Milan. Franz Milan says, no, man, you don't understand. You're a German. You don't understand how the Buddha, how the South Africans, the Afrikaners work. You must go and speak to them personally. Sit down, have a dop, tell your story, listen to their story. Anyway, that's exactly what Spatz did. He went to the wineries, and um, out of the 15, they got um, 11 of them signed up as members. This first Salamosh wine route. And then there was a bit of um, the jostling before it could officially be recognized. Um, the liquor industry at that time was owned by big corporates, big corporate sellers. And the idea of wineries actually selling wine at cellar door was a, it was it was a great threat to these corporates and these other other um, wine institutions. Um, it was a threat to the liquor stores. It was a threat to the the liquor establishment, the liquor business. You were cutting out the middleman here, and you were offering a platform of wine sales, which is much more attractive than what the big corporate brands were suffering. Were offering. I mean, a lot of the people would much rather go and drive through the gates of a Stellenbosch wine farm and buy their wines there while chatting to the winemaker, sipping a glass of um, Chenin Blanc while pilfering a bit of um, milk cheese. They'd much rather be doing that than walking through the drab aisles of a liquor store. So wineries were deemed a threat to a lot of the liquor business and um, some uh, political battles, as things go in South Africa, some political battles had to be undertaken. But when you come up against people like Franz Milan and Spatz Sperling and Neil Hubert, you better, better have your work cut out because these, these oaks knew the political roots. They knew the game. They knew who to contact, who to get this their idea of a wine route legalized, up and running. And that's exactly what has happened. And in 1971, it was fortunately given the go-ahead. The Stellenbosch wine routes were established. And um, there were other couple of curveballs along the way, um, like signboards. I, th I think it took 10 years f before the, the Stellenbosch Wine Roots organization was officially allowed to put up a signpost indicating that this part of Stellenbosch has a couple, few members who are now... Um, Offering wine sales and so forth. So it was a great, it was a great start, and it gained a lot of momentum quickly. Um, suddenly, you had um, wine tastings, and which had never been done in South Africa before. And some of the wineries even started offering meals and so on. I think Simon, not Simon Sir, but um, Delheim was one of the first to offer um, cold meat platters and cheese and so forth, and making the visit to the wine farm. 
a experience which today has become a renowned factor of the South African wine industry. I mean, wine tourism is massive, largely due to what Stellenbosch began 50 years ago. So I'm definitely going to have a, a drink to the old timers tonight about that. Um, what was interesting was, and my my personal involvement, real involvement in the wine industry, was through the Stellenbosch wine routes. Um, in the year, I think it was the year 2000, um, the Stellenbosch wine route was there, it was around, but each sub-region, Botleray and Simonsburg and Helderberg and so on, began their own little route. So I think the Stellenbosch wine route itself had only 40 members or such, but those other routes had their, were there and had their own members leading to a fragmented wine route. And then my friend and client at the time, Pitman Ratif, he was head of the South African Brandy Foundation, he was asked to make a speech at the Stellenbosch Town Hall where they were having the um, Food and Wine Festival in the year 2000, that was. And um, we wrote a mood of a speech calling for Stellenbosch to become united into one tourism entity to 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 go back to the principles of the founding fathers who only thought about a Stellenbosch wine route and didn't think about splintering off into regional offerings. So Pittman, he was on form that night. He he sounded like John F. Kennedy. Ask not what you can do or what Stellenbosch can do for you, but what you can do for Stellenbosch and every every sort of loud talking cliche imaginable. Well, it worked. Um, a couple of days later, I got a phone call from Benny Howard, who was then with, with um, uh, Destel, just started out Destel, and um, he said, listen, this, this, you, did you write that speech? Because I'm talking to Pittman, and, and what Pittman said at the town hall the other evening is what a lot of us have been feeling all along, is that Stellenbosch should unite to one wine route instead of having a Stellenbosch wine route and these splinter organizations. That was pretty cool. So I got dragged out of Stellenbosch and um, helped um, formulate a, a founding document for a new revised Stellenbosch wine route. Um, I just interviewed a lot of people, Ken Forrester and Sue Birch and such about the need for a united Stellenbosch wine route as a showcase for South Africa's foremost leading wine region. And under the chairmanship of Johan Krieger, uh, this became a real behemoth and really paved the way for South Africa's foray into wine tourism, um, wine tourism substance. And um, with, a big, with a healthy commercial slant, Johan got um, a sponsorship. He's a genius at sponsorships. Don't tell him I said so, at generating sponsorships. Um, Johan got the American Express on on board and we had the Stellenbosch American Express wine routes which began at the beginning of the millennium and the first CEO was um, Nicolette Waterford who really um, was the perfect person to take this new wine route into the next the new millennium 
And we worked together for a long time, and it was absolutely one of the most rewarding working experiences I'd have had in my life. We had a, we had a professional backing with a sponsor. There was a serious office run by a very, very charming, competent, astute CEO in Nicolette who, who knew her wine and knows about it up until today. And she came from a wine farming community. So perfect position. And we had a great time. We had wine festivals. Um, we had media campaigns. Um, we had... Um, opportunities to to market and sell Stellenbosch up into Johannesburg, which is, as we know, the biggest wine consumer. And, st and I would like to think that the Stellenbosch deserves to be South Africa's leading wine route. It's arguably, as far as terroir goes, it's got some of the greatest terroir in the world to produce absolutely fantastic array of wines. Um, Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay, Pinotage, and Blanc, Shiraz, Bordeaux blends, blends, red and white, really is amazing. So you've got the fantastic product, and then you have um, a set of producers from the old established guard. There's the Simon Serchs, Canonco, Marathi, right up into the newish, newer sort of young guns, you know, I mean... Um, Mike Ratcliffe continues to play a huge role in promoting Stellenbosch and just embellishing the importance of that brand. So it's fantastic that that has happened over 50 years, um, built from an idea in 1969, the first signing of the Stellenbosch wine routes establishing in 1971, to where we are 50 years later. So I think um, Stellenbosch deserves all the accolades it gets and all the recognition and I truly hope that this year Mr. and Mrs. COVID-19 will get the hell out of here and before the year is over the whole Stellenbosch community can get together and celebrate a fantastic place, fantastic part of the world, magnificent wines with some of the finest specimens of Homo sapiens known to man and woman. That's my bit for Stellenbosch, and I'm Stellenbosch proud. I work in Stellenbosch. I was schooled here at Paul Roos Gymnasium, and I spent some time at university, um, even getting a degree, two degrees, believe it or not. Gee, how did that ever happen? And... Um, now, I take it, uh, just going to go back to the mentioned Paul Ruiz Gymnasium, the school. Apart from being South Africa's most famous rugby school, having produced the most Springbok rugby players of any other, there is no other school in the world that has delivered so many winemakers or people involved in the wine industry as Paul Roos Gymnasium in Stellenbosch. If I could have a say on, on marketing Stellenbosch in future, I would I'd bring that in, into it. Um, people love stories about um, schools and universities and university and school towns and so forth. Um, and, and the fact that Stellenbosch has delivered... <laughs> Obviously, it was suited in the right town because this is where the wine, commercial wine industry began in Stellenbosch. 
And Stellenbosch was like the only school back in 50, 60 years ago, one of the only ones. Obviously, Paul Roos is very well placed to, to receive um, scholars who would then go on to become winemakers and be involved in the wine industry. But um, I think it's a major, it's a major part of, of Stellenbosch's fabric is the school we have that um, contributed by producing so much of the human material that's required of the South African wine industry. And the other one's the university in Elsenburg. Um, people love university towns. You know, I remember when I was backpacking around Europe way, way back when, I was kind of um, reading in the tourist guides and so on. They said, yeah, you must visit Salamanca and um, Coimbra and Toulouse and Montpellier and Oxford because that's the university towns. Um, and there's something charming about a university town. You know, they're going to be nice, um, friendly young people there. It's a center, centers of academic excellence. And it comes with a lot of enticing, interesting aspects. I think um, Salimbos should promote the fact that it is in a university town and a town that has the only two wine-making establishments in Africa suited right here in Stellenbosch. I really think we should use that in future. Wine-wise, um, this week I've been fortunate to be exposed to some wine which I got for free. Isn't that a great thing? Um, getting wine for free. Um, but it didn't come by by way of a charming PR or a PR courier. I actually won this wine. Um, I entered or I phoned into Cape Talk and I put a question to the very serious and very melodramatic and very opinionated John Matham in his rapid hour quiz. I put a question to him. And the person that stumps him or asks the most interesting question or stumps him and asks the most interesting question wins a prize. And that week it was a prize, the week I entered. Um, it is Sevenwacht Sauvignon Blanc and Sevenwacht Merlot. Sevenwacht being a Stellenbosch farm, obviously. So I called John up and I hang on the producer for a while and got into asking came my question and um, the question was the author, the British author Robert Louis Stevenson he died um, somewhere in the South Seas um, Samoa I think it was while he was preparing a dish in the kitchen and my question was what was, the, what was he preparing in the kitchen when Robert Lewison died and the answer is mayonnaise. Robert Louis Stevenson, the great author, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde in Treasure Island, he was making mayonnaise when he killed over. It's probably due to a nervous breakdown upon seeing the egg yolk and the oil added split, rendering the mayonnaise useless. It was probably the result of that that he thought, oh, fuck it, I'm just going to die right now. And he did. But anyway, Robert Lewison died while he was making mayonnaise. It was my question. John Matham knew the answer, of course. Um, and then I asked him, well, what oil was he making? 
was he used when he was making the mayonnaise, but I mean, that didn't get a laugh. So I just got the Zevenwacht Sauvignon Blanc and Zevenwacht Merlot for taking the effort of asking a question, which was deemed by John's team to be the most interesting question. So I took the wine, and it was very, very interesting um, to, ex to experience how lovely that Zevenwacht 2020 Sauvignon Blanc actually was. Mm, it was two cases. There's now zip left. I kind of drank it all. I shared it with some friends. Um, a very charming variety, till accurate Sauvignon Blanc. Not overblown in any sense of pyrazines or greenness, nor excessive tropical notes of grenadella, gooseberries, or kiwi fruit. Just a very gr good unwooded, clean, fresh expression of Sauvignon Blanc um, with a long stony finish and a bit of saltiness that, like any good Sauvignon Blanc should, drinks refreshingly, drinks easily with a great amount of zesty satisfaction. So much so that I cleaned out all these bottles pretty quickly. And that's a punch for Zeelenwacht. I hope to pop by some time, one tends to forget about those parts of Stellenbosch more on the Kales Riviera side of the town. But I shall definitely do so. Saxonburg and um, Jakobsdal and Zevenwacht, one should not forget about. And just remember that Stellenbosch is that great area offering wines from the Kales River area, Bottleray, Simonsburg, Helderberg, all the way out there. That's all for this week. Have a great weekend, everyone. Thanks for your messages. Thanks for listening. And um, thanks for David Bowie for kicking off the music for this session. And I'm going to lay back and listen to the rest of the album. Adios. Ciao. Buenas noches.